For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Kim Reynolds. And this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you the expert opinions about relevant social media news, how it impacts you, the marketer. Today, we're doing another very special year-in-review episode of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, and we will explore the major Instagram and LinkedIn marketing news of 2018. Our special guests this week include Tyler J. McCall. We're going to discuss IGTV, Instagram shopping tools, and some new stories features. Then in the second segment, we're going to talk with Vivica Von Rosen and AJ Wilcox and examine this year's updates from LinkedIn. If you are listening to this, please share this on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope. I almost said Twitter, but they're kind of the same thing, et cetera. And also before we get into our first segment, I want to say the show is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World. It is the mega conference designed to inspire you, empower you, educate you. There's powerful networking with 7,000 other fellow marketers. You've got to be there. To be there, go grab your ticket and find out more at smmw19.com. And with that, let's get into our first segment. Our guest for this segment is Tyler J. McCall, who is an Instagram marketing strategist. He's the founder of the Follower to Fan Society, a multiple six-figure membership community that teaches marketing strategies, and he will be a speaker at SMMW19. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Hello, hello. Happy holidays. I'm excited to be here. Happy holidays to you. Thanks for being here back again. So this is going to be exciting. So we're, we're kind of doing this year in review thing. We did this last week with Facebook. We did it with Twitter. So this week it's Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. Obviously, LinkedIn is not this segment. Instagram did a lot of stuff. They both did a lot of stuff, but Instagram did a lot of stuff this year. And one of the biggest ones, and I think we kind of talked about this with you, or maybe it was with other video creators, but IGTV, and this this is what's funny is it came out in what, late June. So here we are in that six-month mark almost of it being out. Do you have thoughts on IGTV, and is it being adopted? Is it being loved? Is it being used? I definitely have thoughts on IGTV. You know, it's interesting. I was super excited about IGTV when it launched. I know a lot of my students and our community, a lot of my colleagues and other creators were really excited about it. Um, I, I think what we've come to realize is that IGTV may have been a little bit of a miscalculation on Instagram's part and that they saw that Instagram stories led to uh, more time. Users are now spending more time than ever before on the platform. And they thought that we wanted, that meant we wanted long form content on Instagram. But I don't think the average Instagram user is on Instagram for long form video content. I think they're there for that short, easily accessible, easily digestible content that exists in the feed or through Instagram stories. So I think that that miscalculation has led to IGTV not really taking off as Instagram had hoped. And the numbers are just not, it really pales in comparison to what is happening with video on other platforms uh, in terms of viewership, in terms of usage, in terms of viewer retention. So I think they kind of missed the mark. And I, I don't know what the future holds for IGTV. It'll be interesting to see how they try to drag it along or resurrect it if they try to do that at all. I mean, they've tried to do some of the whole anchor it into stories where you could share like a trailer of a, an IGT video into mm-hmm. stories in hopes of, hey, everybody's using stories still. So let's shoehorn them in from stories into an IGTV video. But I personally have not really been seeing anybody use that feature. Have you? I see a few folks use it. I see a few um, YouTube creators or 
online educators who uh, have content over on YouTube use IGTV as a place to tease and do trailers for their YouTube content. I do see uh, creators doing that. But, you know, interestingly enough, even some of the major creators that IG, that Instagram brought in for the rollout of IGTV, some of the biggest names that they brought in for the launch, for the whole press tour, for, for everything when they were creating IGTV, even those creators never fully adopted the platform. And they just have a few videos up from June 20th when IGTV launched or whenever, June 20, whatever. But now, you know, six months later, they're not even creating content there. So I see some folks using it. Uh, one thing they have done, I don't know if folks are noticing this, but they've now embedded IGTV into um, the Explore tab. So when you're in the Explore tab or that Discovery tab on Instagram, there is sometimes you'll tap on content. I've noticed this lately and you'll tap on it and it will open up a video that's actually an IGTV video. And I think that may be the only way they're getting people, they're tricking people into getting over <laughs> watching IGTV content right now. Uh, when you mentioned the, the influencers there for a second, it made me think, you know, that they're not still using it or they didn't fully adopt it. Made me think of like when, when an influencer or a celebrity tweets out uh, a picture and it's like, I love my Samsung Galaxy. And then it says tweeted from Twitter for iOS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had a ton of friends this year who did campaigns with Google for the Google Pixel. Um, and they all got a free pixel and then they were posting to Instagram from their iPhone about their pixel. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things, right? Like even though IGTV was kind of, it didn't work out as well as they'd hoped. Instagram stories is stronger than ever. I mean, it's grown even more this year, more users, more engagement, more time on the platform because of Instagram stories, more direct messages are being, uh, are being achieved through Instagram stories than any other means on the platform. So I think, I, I think Instagram and they're doing this. I know we're going to talk about some new Instagram stories features. They're just really leaning into stories. And I think, I think it makes more sense for them to put their energy and time there than IGT. This just hit me randomly, but I, I need to ask you this. Uh, do you know, I, my gut tells me I've heard this stat that more people are using stories than the feed themselves. Is that true? So Instagram hasn't told us that. And you know, I doubt they will ever tell us that because <laughs> they don't want to scare us away from spending money on ads in the feed. Um, but I think a few things. The first one is a majority of Instagram's daily active users are on stories. So Instagram says about 500, 600 million people are on the platform every day. 400 million of those are on Instagram stories every day. Um, and then I think a big, and we're seeing this a lot within our community for our students, a lot of other creators on Instagram are seeing this, that user habits have shifted on the platform. And some folks are seeing a decrease in engagement with the content they're sharing in their feed. And that's not because of the algorithm. It's just because of how people are spending their time on Instagram. And it's that they're spending time watching Instagram stories. Instagram said one in five stories leads to a direct message. Now they're saying one in three stories leads to a direct message. Um, and more, I think the latest number, they said like 90 million clicks a month they are coming from shoppable tags and Instagram stories. So the most shoppable clicks are coming from Instagram stories than anywhere else. Well, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of different new features in stories in a minute, but to continue this thread of shopping, that's the other thing that's really been yeah. like doubled, tripled, quadrupled. I don't know. They've done a lot in terms of shopping a number of times throughout the year. Have any of those stuck out to you as the most maybe important pieces that they've done? I think uh, having the native product tagging within Instagram and making it more and more robust. You know, they've rolled that out to more countries than ever before. Initially, it was a very small subset, like the US, Canada, the UK. Now I think it's nearly 40, if not more than 40 countries have shoppability functions on Instagram. Um, I think adding, you can now tag products within the feed, within videos, within Instagram stories. I think those are huge updates. And then the update that we discussed on this show just a couple of weeks ago, where they rolled out the ability to now create shopping collections. And now when you go to a brand that's using shoppable uh, tagging for their products, now you can go to a, an entire tab on their feed with every product that's been tagged. I think those are the really big, important changes because it's just making the ability to shop on Instagram so much more native and so much more user-friendly. And I think that's why so many brands are leaning into that and why shopping on Instagram... I know all of us have bought things on Instagram. So yes. I, I, that, just shopping on Instagram has become so easy and so many brands are using that. So yeah, those are the updates I really paid attention to. And I know our students are seeing really great results as with, with uh, product-based businesses with the ability to, to add that those shoppable tags. It just makes the product so easily accessible. Yeah, they they uh, 
were testing shopping in stories back in June, and then they rolled it out to businesses globally. And I never thought, you know, I, I, I was sold because I think even as late as or as early as last year, uh, I had purchased personally something off the feed because an ad mm-hmm. caught my attention because of the visuality of it, more, much more so than Facebook ever does. But I never thought that I would purchase something through an Instagram story. And that did happen. That, that has happened. <laughs> I confess I have done that. So yeah. it works. It really works. Cause I, I mean, I'm a marketer through and through. I don't, I don't quote fall for this stuff. So <laughs> yeah. And I think that's also proof of just how, uh, and I know, you know, it's a case study of one, but I think across the board, yes. we're seeing right. That like with Instagram stories, they're just so they're inherently engaging, right? People love, <laughs> to consume that content, to engage with that content with all the new polling options. You can click and tap and you can direct message. And I think Instagram's done a really great job of adding the right features to Instagram stories this year at the right time, just to really reinforce those user habits of engaging and tapping and clicking and swiping up. Um, and I think that's just, it means more, more good news for businesses next year on the platform. Yeah. I think if there was anything maybe prediction-wise that we could make for uh, Instagram, it would be that they're going to continue to make more breakthroughs with this, right? I think so. I really do with stories. And I think, I think I, I'll be interested to see a year from now when we have these conversations again, in what ways Instagram has maybe even deprioritized the feed or how we consume feed content. It'll also be interesting to see what uh, Instagram's new CEO does with the feed since he used to be over the news feed at Facebook. So, and and then maybe that thing they hold on to, like Facebook Watch or other things that they're like, no, we're going to make this work. Um, But I really think users are just, uh, the whole stories format, the fact that LinkedIn has now added, that YouTube's playing with it, that Google's playing with introducing stories next year. It's just a new format that people have really taken to really quickly. Well, people haven't abandoned the, the feed. And in fact, one of the things that Instagram did earlier this year was actually be transparent about what the ranking of the algorithm and, and how it all works. I mean, were you surprised when they came out with this information? I was surprised because that's not a typical thing for a, a platform to do, you know, to kind of to let us inside and peek behind the curtain to see how it works. But I think I think Instagram was in a place where they had they had to have that conversation. You know, Instagram's interesting in that comparing it to other platforms, it's to me, and I'm a little biased, of course, because that's where I hang out, but I mean Instagram still feels like the platform that is the most community oriented and the most like conversational. And I think what they were running into was so, so many creators and users were saying the way that the algorithm is structured is not serving us really well. And these are our reasons why. And Instagram had to have this moment of saying, okay, we just need to tell you how this works and demystify, you know, the whole shadow banning was a huge concern in the first few months of this year. Um, And Instagram just had to come out and say, none of those things are real. It's all based on how the algorithm is prioritizing content. And with their new algorithm in place, users are now seeing 90% of the users that they follow, whereas before with the reverse chronological feed, it was like less than 30% of the users that they follow. So they had to let us know the algorithm is is working. And I always, what I teach my students and what I say is the algorithm is your best friend as a marketer because it makes sure the right people are seeing your content at the right time. So why are we mad at it, right? (laughs) Like let's, let's work with the algorithm and create the right content for our audience. So it was interesting they did that. I'm glad they did it. It made it easier for me as an educator to explain to people how it works because now I have something to back me up when I tell them that the algorithm is your friend when you're creating content. Um, and I think it just, it just made so much more sense of the platform. I also think it helps Instagram users stop, not completely, but stop asking for the chronological feedback as much as they do on other platforms like cough, cough, Twitter, <laughs> which has just given us the ability to turn it on again. Right? I was just going to say, yes. I mean, that, I mean, to do a quick, you know, side note. Yeah. Twitter literally just this week or late last week, one of those within the past week said, okay, okay, we're giving this to you. They had been saying they were testing this for a while while they're rolling that button out now. I mean, do you think Instagram's going to do this? I personally don't because we've got that whole, uh, I forget what the actual wording is, but it's basically, you've seen the end of the Instagram feed. Everything below wow. this is now, you've seen it already. Yeah, yeah they, they introduced that new, like all caught up option on Instagram. That's it. Yeah, to let you know that you've you've gone through the whole feed. No, I don't think they'll give it back to us. And I, I because I don't see Facebook doing that. And just from a paid yeah. traffic perspective, and I, it doesn't make sense for them, a business sense, 
to uh, put that back in place so they can continue to perfect the algorithm and then make that work better with advertising as well. Very cool. Instagram still, even to the last minute, cramming stuff in. I mean, they're the ones who every other week, there was something new from them all this year as we were doing the show. So we've got more new stuff to talk about here (laughs) as we close out the year. So I want to get your thoughts on this. So Instagram is testing creator accounts with a small group of high profile influencers. So do you know anybody who has this? Have you experienced this, this creator account? And what does that mean? What is it? What are the benefits of that? Yeah, I've not experienced it myself and I, I haven't heard from anyone that has it. Um, this is, this is really interesting. And I think it is, I think there could be a few reasons they're doing this. So for those of you who don't know, there's the creator account has a few added benefits versus a standard business account. Um, it gives you metrics like follow and unfollow numbers, which is interesting. I'm not a huge fan of that because it's a easy, those are easy numbers to obsess over. <laughs> um, yes. I know some of my students do, and we have a lot of conversations about having to stop obsessing over those numbers. But it also gives you some better control over direct messaging and um, filtering of those messages. And lastly, uh, it gives you some better resources for connecting with brands and letting them know how they can better connect with you. I'm interested in this. And I think it is definitely going to be reserved for kind of this like much larger profile accounts on the platform. Those a million plus followers who are managing a ton of conversations with their followers, um, giving them a better way to connect with their community through direct messages. Because listen, when you're running an account with 100,000, 500,000, a million followers, direct messaging, connecting with your followers in that way is just virtually impossible because it's way too, it's way too much. So giving some more filtering in there would be great. Um, I also love the idea of making it easier for these influencers and creators to connect with brands within Instagram. Because a lot of times what we run into right now is there's really no easy way to figure out how to or who to contact to work with influencers or brands using Instagram directly. So that's a neat feature. And I almost wonder if some of these more detailed insights and analytics that we haven't had access to before. I wonder if Instagram is thinking of bringing those in-house because, you know, at this point, they've pretty much made it impossible to get access to any insights and analytics unless you have a business profile on Instagram. So I wonder, and, you know, uh, reporting as far as follow and unfollow, those types of things, Instagram got rid of those, that reporting functionality to third parties months ago. So it's interesting. I almost wonder if they're figuring out ways in which to bring those numbers in-house for users. Just to, And I think all of this goes to, they want us as users of Instagram, as creators, just to be better creators, right? Because that nurtures a stronger community and keeps users on the platform longer and they can make more money. That's my long way of saying I'm interested to see if it rolls out broadly or if they keep it kind of these elite creators on the platform. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is just being tested. It sounds to me like it's almost, you know, you've got a profile, you've got a business account. This this creator account almost sounds like it's a business plus account, Mm -hmm. like it's business and more. And maybe, you know, if we're lucky, all of us people who have business accounts, they'll just roll this creator stuff into the business account, which will convince more people to convert to a business account. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, that's another quick note. I just want to put this out there. Instagram said in that earlier this year when they, they unveiled how the algorithm worked, Instagram said, oh, everyone to hear this, that um, at business accounts do not affect account reach. They do not impact the, how your content is displayed or any of those things. So it's really common misconception of common myth that people think. Um, I think if anything, when we start seeing uh, engagement decrease or things like that happen on the platform, those are user habit changes not algorithm changes. So just pay attention to that and, and pay attention to where your your followers, your uh, your audience is consuming content and go where they are. So if that means it's stories, go to stories and stop relying as much on the feed for that. Yeah, great point. Glad you brought that up. Um, so then another new feature here, Instagram, which I've seen this and I've actually played with it and it's, it's, very, it's actually pretty cool. They're rolling out interactive countdown clock stickers for stories. Mm-hmm. Have you done one of these yet? I have, and I love them. Oh my gosh, I love them so much. Yeah, I think it's great. And so those are really cool because uh, people can can actually tap on the story and they can, in a way, like subscribe to that countdown and then they'll get a notification when that countdown is over. So that's a really cool update. Again, I think it's just a, a fun new feature to make stories even more engaging. And from a marketing perspective, for me, especially as an educator, it's a great tool for me to use for countdowns to events 
or doors closing or cart closing or sales or anything like that. So yeah, I love that feature. I think it's just another really fun way for people to engage with their audience. Well, and I think uh, with it being a countdown, like if you were want to say this sale will end at you know in in three days, you almost mm-hmm. want to set it for two days so they get mm-hmm. that notification that today's the last day. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. It'll be interesting to see how it how it works with the 24-hour lifespan of Instagram stories. I'll be interested to see how they make that work. Um, One thing I do like about this feature too, as I've played around with it, is when you add a countdown clock to your story, any other time within that 24 hours when you want to add a countdown clock, you can just reuse that same clock, which is really great. You don't have to recreate it every time. So they're kind of all linked together toward the same event. And then when it goes off and it gets to zero, fun little confetti goes all over your screen. So I love that too. <laughs> they thought they thought of every detail. This is very cool. Yeah, I created one on our account, uh, which is uh, Instagram.com slash SM Examiner. And it's the countdown to social media marketing world. Very cool. Um, let's see. Last thing here. So another thing for stories. So Instagram is adding music to the question stickers and is adding question stickers to live videos. So that's like two different things, but let's talk about both of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So the adding music to the question stickers is just another fun way for people to engage with the questions on Instagram. This is a feature I think, uh, is that a lot of people were not going to have access to personally on my account. I usually get pretty much every, um, Instagram feature, but I still do not have music on my own Instagram account, uh, which is very frustrating <laughs> because I want to use it. And also that you, the music functionality is country based and region based. So those types of things. Um, so that's just another fun way for people to engage with your stories. And then so people can like submit a song. If you ask them, what are you listening to or your favorite song, they can submit a song and then you can play that song on your story. The one I'm really excited about is the question sticker in live video. So now when you're using that question sticker on your story, you can then access those questions while you're doing an Instagram live, which is really cool. So the one caveat is those have to be pre-asked questions from your story, and then you can pull them over into your live video. Another option they've uh, rolled out is you can now add photo and video to a live video, which is really cool as well. So you'll see a little a little media icon that you can tap on and add anything from your camera roll to the live. So again, just more ways to, because, you know, Instagram live is still just, uh, it's really just based on your mobile device. You yeah. can't add that much to it. You can't, uh, you can't really do much with the video once it's over. You can save it to your phone, but that's about it. So I love that they're adding more ways to make uh, Instagram live even more robust and more fun for users. I think that is also a huge opportunity for Instagram in 2019 for them to make Instagram live stronger. I would love to see the ability to retarget Instagram live viewers. I would love to see the ability to do more with Instagram lives, even put them directly over onto IGTV. I think those are really huge opportunities for them next year. Yeah, that would be great. So if I hear you right, what you could do in theory is do the ask me a bunch of questions and I'll go live later and answer them. And so you can stockpile all those questions and then bring them up on the live as you go and people can attend live and get their, get their answer. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, the question feature on Instagram stories is really, it's really fun. I see a lot of people using it to do Q and A's on their story. A lot of people, and this is a strategy we teach inside our community. A lot of people are using that as a list building strategy, um, as a way to get opt-in, things like that directly on Instagram stories. So lots of ways you can do that. But yeah, I love that they're just giving us more opportunities to have that, that conversation. You know, that's what Instagram does so well. And if we just always remember that to keep it conversational and relational, it's going to keep working for businesses and brands. Very cool. Well, Tyler, uh, we've talked only a little bit about all of the stuff that Instagram came out with this past year in 2018. And even then now shoehorned in a couple of new things, but uh, 2019, whole new year, you'll be on the show. I am sure you're also going to be at Social Media Marketing World 2019. But I want to make sure to call out something that you've got coming up. So uh, your roadmap. Yeah, so I put together an Instagram roadmap for folks who are interested in uh, getting started with Instagram or just using Instagram in a more intentional way. So you can grab that at tylerjmccall.com slash roadmap. And if you have any, ever have any questions or want to share what you're seeing on Instagram, find me on Instagram at Tyler J. McCall. I'd love to chat with you over there. Awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you in 2019. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, y'all. Happy New Year. You too. Bye, Tyler. See ya. <laughs> well, I have to say that I spend all year pitching social media marketing world, and I'm a big believer in it. It is the best conference you can possibly go to. 
all focused on social media marketing, 7,000 of your peers, the latest tips, tricks, strategies, tactics, social media. You, One of the best things about social media marketing world is the speakers. We have world-class speakers and they're so accessible. They're not hiding in a green room. They're out in the hallways talking, giving you know additional insights. Our speakers are the best. Our content is world-class. You need to be there. And there is a sale ending today. So go check that out at smmw19.com. All right. So while we wait, uh, we've got Vivica Von Rosen and AJ Wilcox. Our next segment is we are talking about uh, LinkedIn. AJ, thanks for being here. I'll give you an intro while we wait for Vivica. Who are you again? No, <laughs> AJ, <laughs> AJ. AJ is globally recognized as one of the top LinkedIn ad experts. He's the founder of B2Linked.com. It's an agency that specializes in account management and consulting with LinkedIn ads. He is a speaker at this year, Social Media Marketing World, this coming year, 2019, and has been a speaker at 2017 and 2018. Uh, thanks for being here. Okay, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks. Uh, LinkedIn this year has done a number of things, and I kind of want to maybe even call attention real quick to what some might say is the theme of LinkedIn this year was catch-up, playing catch-up, not the condiment, but <laughs> the status of them being in the world. Yes. And uh, it's funny because LinkedIn predates all these other social networks. It's the It's the first real one that was out there. And yet this year, I think there was an infusion of uh, Microsoft money maybe to it that I don't know, but that's what it seemed to be. They were relaunching this or they were redesigning that. And they were, you know, that's what I kept hearing. Of course, then from the ad side of things, you've been paying attention. They've been doing all sorts of stuff. Very interesting to me. I mean, before we get too far in, was there any standout thing to you, AJ, this year that just felt like, oh, they're finally starting to get it right. Sounds good. I, I definitely agree with you. I think this has been the year of catch up for LinkedIn. Um, the fact that we got video now is fantastic. Uh, subtitles we have for videos, which is obviously very important for uh, for any video in social. Um, I'm excited to get those on the ad side. We don't have subtitles yet for for video ads. And then okay. groups have been like such a good place to hang out, but they've just been riddled with spam. People coming in, dropping a link, and leaving. So. Uh, any improvement they can do on groups that make people want to go and have conversations again, I think those are massive. Great insight. All right. So then let me introduce you, Vivica, real quick here. Uh, Vivica Von Rosen is the co-founder of Vengresso, the world's largest full-spectrum social selling provider. She's known as the at LinkedIn expert. That's on Twitter. That's on everywhere, actually. <laughs> and uh, she's the author of LinkedIn Marketing in an Hour a Day. And uh, she is also a speaker at Social Media Marketing World Yay! 2019. In fact, if I'm looking at this right, you've been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World for every Social Media Marketing World. Everyone, since the beginning so, of time. Yes, since 2013, which is the beginning of time, <laughs> which feels like the beginning of time in terms of social yes. media time. Things change so quickly. So that was that was a millennia ago. So let me ask you the same question. Um, yeah. Vivica, what do you think have been the standout or more or most impactful uh, changes, even if they're not fully implemented yet, just what have been the things that have stood out to you the most about what LinkedIn has done this year? Yeah, it feels to me like, and, and, and LinkedIn is a little bit stodgy and a little bit like the grandfather's social media, but it is really trying to catch up with, with the other ones. So to AJ's point, video is huge. Um, and the fact that you can, you know, that, that, that they're kind of teasing different ways of using video. Um, the fact that they're talking about having stories, you know, they have them for students, but they're talking about doing stories for LinkedIn. I personally would have probably had, um, you know, like a Skype-like feature within messaging before I would have gone with trending stories, but you know, whatever. Um, they didn't ask me. Um, <laughs> and I like what they're doing with the updates. I just, I feel like with this newest feature where you can uh, upload a PowerPoint and it kind of will scroll through the different images, um, things like that. They're really, they really trying to make the content marketing part of LinkedIn um, more easy to use, more interesting uh, than than ever before. So I'm really excited about that aspect and how it plays on both personal and company pages. All right. So let me ask the question. Did they need to catch up? Was, I mean, were things broken? I mean, that <laughs> some people will take offense to me saying that. And, you know, I know where I stand, but I'm not going to share that just yet. So 
What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll let AJ be conservative if he wants. LinkedIn already doesn't like me. So, um, you know, like LinkedIn even knows who I am. But, I, I, you know, it, it feels to me like they've been so far behind the eight ball. And there was a there was a portion of time there when instead of opening things up and making LinkedIn more usable, they just kept taking away all the good and fun features and locking it down and building up the walls. And, you know, and I think that that really turned people off to LinkedIn, whereas you have Twitter and Instagram opening up to all these different APIs. LinkedIn's starting to shift that, obviously. It's starting to make relationships and partnerships. But I think that conservatism that that LinkedIn was displaying um, actually helped to inhibit activity uh, and it kept it old, like old people like me were using it. And now we've got people like Michaela Alexis coming on who are younger, hipper, hotter. And um, I think part of that is because LinkedIn has opened up and made uh, made it uh, the, the platform more functional, both the, the, the desktop um, platform and the mobile platform too. AJ, what and, do you say? And I can sure say, I, I don't think, I mean, there's a lot broken about LinkedIn. Uh, things like if you were trying to administer yeah. a group, like it's really hard to pay attention to everything that's going on in the group and respond. And then if, if people tag your company page, even as a company page admin, it's really hard to have a conversation. And that becomes a concern for for brand management and for for reputation management. So there's a lot that was just broken. And I see LinkedIn deciding to all of a sudden say, ooh, squirrel, let, let's look at video. Let's look at stories. Let's look at all these other things. But I think what they're doing is let's like let's come out with things that rival the other networks to make headlines so yeah. that people will come back and try LinkedIn again. I, so that, I mean, there was so much that was good with LinkedIn yes. like back in 2009. Yeah. I, I think if I can combine what both of you have just said is there was a lot of maybe feeling like the network was distracted with where it was going mm -hmm. and not paying attention to what uh, people wanted out of a social network, especially a professional social network. And yeah. then also what you said, Vivica, about they were then taking things away that weren't necessarily broken, but were kind of starting to be used. And so it was like, I'm taking my ball and going home and I'm not fixing the things that I need to be fixing. And this year they've either started bringing things back or fixing some of the things, sort of. I won't go as far yeah. as saying things are fixed, but okay. that's what it felt like this year. Is, is like so. So it wasn't necessarily catch up so much as it was uh, remodeling the house as well as letting people back in the house. I mean, so. it's almost like there's this internal debate within LinkedIn that's like, let's keep it conservative and business like, and then like all of a sudden, ooh, LinkedIn squirrel, right? Oh you know, let's do something with the group. Let's do something with company pages. Video sounds cool. Let's put filters and really silly. I mean, now on the one hand, I say they're really silly <laughs> gifts and emojis, but, but I actually do use them in messaging, but you know, it's like, come on, LinkedIn, just make one thing that makes sense work and then work on the next thing. But it's, yeah. it's kind of partial still like company pages are way better now with this newest user interface, but they're, they're certainly not as usable as Facebook pages, you know? No. Yeah, I think that's right. So the, let's talk about this. So, so one of the things that came out this year was this update to not only pages, but also profiles. And I can yeah. say from, uh, from a page administrator's perspective, it's better. It's still not best. Um, it's not what, working 100% either. Right. Yes. It's, it's still confusing. Like, uh, like you said, AJ, it's still confusing to like, if somebody want, I mean, you, you can't necessarily, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, somebody can't send your page a private message on LinkedIn. Can they? Not that I'm aware of. No. I mean, this, this is something that pages on Facebook and even Twitter accounts have DMS like for, for business accounts, like it's just not existent on LinkedIn, the professional network. So, <laughs> oh. One thing I'll mention here is that pages have always been the base for advertising. So I, we have to deal with them a lot. Yeah. And our clients yeah. come to us and they say, okay, we're going to be sending traffic uh, you know, to a landing page, but some of that's going to end up on our company page. What can we do to make it better? And the answer was always in the past, well, you only have six fields to fill out. You know, On the new company pages, you're going to have a lot more options. Uh, you can put more personality and customize it. Now, I, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see things like messaging, like active alerts, so you can tell when people are commenting. Yeah things on your ads. It'd be great to see a comment that says, oh, by right? the way, that link was broken. So we're not wasting money for a month, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like the notifications, it seems like a no brainer. And that's where, where LinkedIn's kind of dropped the ball. And I think that's where um, 
the groups, even though they're really trying to make them better, have crashed and burned, you know, the notifications don't work. And so to, to, to AJ's point, how do you know if something on your, your company page is broken if, 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 it's, if you're not actually being notified of it? And yes, it's easier now that it's syncing with Hootsuite, which I actually haven't tested yet, but apparently, is it working, AJ? I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. I don't know. I haven't used Hootsuite yet. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently now it, 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 that, that API has been accepted into the holy grail of LinkedIn and, and you know, at least those notifications should show up. But, you know, that's, it seems like such a no brainer. They finally brought notifications to Sales Navigator. Imagine how important that should be to know <laughs> live what your prospects are doing. What your prospects yes. are doing, that you're paying like 99 to 79 to $99 a month to know what your prospects are doing. But hey, you have to actually have to go in manually and check the timeline. <laughs> but we love LinkedIn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the, the whole thing. So speaking of groups, because we've kind of touched on this a little bit, like you, LinkedIn groups used to be great. Then they were not so great. Then they kind of yeah. they had an app. Then they took that app away. Then they relaunched them, so to speak, a couple of times, sort of, this year. And, I mean, are they any better? See how I'm asking you, because I don't really know, because I haven't really even bothered to look, because I kind of don't care. But... (laughs) And that's exactly how almost everybody feels. And that's why I think they're broken. And they would have to come back so fast and so hard and so good for people to give them a, a chance anymore. Um, I know we disbanded the social media marketing group. I know yes. all my personal groups that I have like user groups for my clients are on Facebook. Our best group was right. was the LinkedIn experts group on G plus, but they're getting rid of G plus too. So yeah. <laughs> back to Facebook. <laughs> I, have, figure, right? I have one group that I actually really love on LinkedIn and it's actually the LinkedIn ad support group. So this is where everyone goes if they have questions about right. advertising. Uh, and that one, there's actually conversation going on and I'm a manager of it, but I'll tell you, it is so hard to keep on, on top of conversation. I've gone in four times and ticked the box that said, you know, email yeah. me every time someone comments because I want to have conversation in there. But if LinkedIn can't figure out notifications, there's no real conversation going on. And then it just becomes a dumping ground where someone comes in, drops a link, and it's not valuable to anyone. So I think they've got to fix notifications. If they fix that, I would actually really love LinkedIn groups. It's only the notifications. If they fix that, that's exactly right, AJ. Have you been, either of you been in there since they, quote, relaunched them? Does the spam appear to be less of an issue now than it than it was? Or I, I spent some time in there and I quite honestly didn't see a whole lot of differences. I had to go through and look at engineering's change log of what they, what they specifically said we were going to be changing to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that did change. But it really didn't change notifications and it didn't change much about how we uh, approve or have conversations. So for me, it just, it feels like a facelift, but I, I hope they fix the, you know, the notifications. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. I, I, the only groups that I'm actually active in at all are the, the private LinkedIn only LinkedIn groups, like the one for LinkedIn learning. Um, and so obviously they do a pretty good job of keeping down the spam, but my, my groups, I, I, I moderate a group with, I don't know, it's got like 36,000 people in it now. Well, okay. My assistant <laughs> moderates that group for me. And <laughs> You know, and what's interesting is they've made it easier to post into groups. Like now, whenever you share an update, you get at least on the, I think on mobile, definitely on the desktop, you get the drop down where you can add it to, you can add your your update to a group if you want to as a discussion. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, oh, let's make it easier for people to spam groups, but let's (laughs) still take away any functionality of the group. And then they took away... I mean, a lot of people had groups um, because, yes, they wanted to use it for marketing and they were using the announcements to share things that were coming up. You know what? If you put I, I, I've spent over fifteen thousand dollars moderating this one group while paying my assistant to moderate this one group and have seen not a dime of ROI on that, by the way. But yeah, if I'm going to spend 15,000, God knows how many hours moderating a group, I want to be able to send out an announcement once a week, maybe letting you know that I have a free webinar coming up. Can't do that anymore. So any incentive for people to run and manage groups, I think has evaporated. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think that the, the, the verdict is still, well, the verdict is kind of, we know what the verdict is, but it's kind of still out a little bit to see is if they're going to do more than just, you know, cosmetically change groups at this point, because again, it's the core functionality that we're really after. So exactly. (laughs) They said the verdict is (laughs) meh. 
So. <laughs> exactly. And I just, I just want to, I just want to reiterate how important groups really can be because this is the mm-hmm. only place on the internet that professionals can go to congregate around a specific topic in a professional way. Like LinkedIn really does own this space, and yeah. if they fix it, I think people will want to go there and have conversations around a topic. But it's just, it's yeah. not, it's not playing its role yet. And it wasn't really broken before. You know, that that's the thing. There was a lot of spam, but there could have been other ways. It was really baby with the bathwater on that one, I think. Now the baby's dead. I'm convinced that if they really tried, LinkedIn could kill, in a good way, like kill it with groups. Yeah. And they could be better than Facebook groups are right now. I think they could. Yeah. It's just they got to do it. So, yeah. Well, they come out with so much more stuff this year, this year with like, I don't know, add it with the posting tools with like adding video captions or article quotes or uh, some of these other things. What are some, and and actually they did, you know, for all intents and purposes with, with notifications uh, being kind of, eh, uh, they've improved some things in messaging as well. Does it, do any of these other things stand out to you as something that matters? Like in terms of changes they're making, you know, what was huge to me and like no one has said anything about it is, voicemail you can leave voicemail right on on in linkedin private messages now and no one says anything about it ever and i actually forget it exists until i get on my mobile app i'm like oh obviously the voicemail instead like that's so cool and that's why i think we should have video conferencing through private messaging too but like think about what they could own with that space so that that's one thing they've they've made their their messaging a lot more intuitive. They took away the ability to add documents. They brought it back in. They've got the predictive text. It's silly predictive text, but it's getting <laughs> smarter. Um, oh, and the active status. I've actually closed two deals because of active status. Those are so explain, all really Let's explain what that is. People may not remember yeah. that what, what active status is. Well, you know how when you're on Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and you see a little green circle? Speaking of playing catch up. Active, I know, on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, LinkedIn has that too now. Um, so you can actually see if someone's active, active on it, or at least has the page open, which is the, the green donut. But yeah, I mean, that is, that's huge because now you can get in a text-like conversation down to the dot, 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 dot. Is he going to respond? Dot, 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 dot. And then he does that. So. <laughs> you know what I wish they would do is I wish they would have one click delete for messages instead of oh, needing to yeah. go through. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Delete, 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 yeah. delete. Delete, delete, delete. Select all, delete. Oh, that would be that Select would be even all better. The spam, delete. They used to have it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Another you one know, of those. That's actually the theme behind LinkedIn ads this year was uh, every change we roll out, it now takes more clicks to do what you wanted to do before. So it used to be one click to do something like pause or activate a campaign, and then it was two clicks, and then this year now it's three deep. And uh, anyway, yeah, yeah so user experience. You know, uh, what you- actually, what you said there, though, is I think that's why groups aren't getting the love because they haven't monetized groups yet. Like they've monetized company pages, they've monetized updates, they've monetized profiles themselves with Sales Navigator and Premium, but groups, as far as I know, don't have it. They well, no, they did have they did have sponsored groups for a while. So yeah, never mind. It was a theory. It failed. What about? I mean, not just not just LinkedIn themselves monetizing groups Mm -hmm. and them making money off it, but what about them? Like, well, they could even take a cut. But what if they allowed managers to monetize groups, and then that way it's only people who have put down money to be in a group? That's a vetting process right there. Yeah, yeah. One last topic I want to hit real quick. They they also came out with this, and a lot of people were excited for this. Uh, Now that it's been a little while, I want to see if anybody has any different thoughts. Uh, That they have been testing this events tool for offline meetups. Have you yeah. guys experienced this yet? I've only seen it. I haven't, I haven't, I, I don't live in New York or San Francisco, so I haven't right. actually seen it show up on my profile yet, but I've got friends who were invited to the San Francisco event. I'm so psyched. It looks very, very similar to the old, um, the old events app. It has a mobile application now, which of course it didn't back in the day. Um, and there's no reason why you couldn't make it work for online events like webinars, et cetera, too. Cause there's a, you know, there's a, there's a place where you can put a link. So duh, you would put yeah. your, your webinar link. So I am so excited about it. And it's all tied in with the, the hashtag communities like LinkedIn brought back 
I, it's so funny because like hashtags were a thing and then they weren't a thing at all. And then when they brought hashtags back, they were like drunk on hashtags. Because it's like, we're going to have hashtag communities. We're going to use hashtags in groups to manage our groups. And now we're going to use hashtags and it's going to be like a center. Like, let's drink the hashtag Kool-Aid. I mean, they came back in a big way. Again, it's kind of funny. It's, it's, it's like that awkward parent who learns the awkward dance, you know, or the floss dance, and they're so excited about it. It's so like last year. But anyway, um, yeah, LinkedIn's yeah. super excited about hashtags, and they have made, you know, they have used them, I think, in a cool way, and stay tuned to see what else they bring. Uh, AJ, any thoughts there? And also, I want to ask you, was there any ad stuff this year that particularly uh, stood out to you? There was some pretty cool ad stuff, actually. Um, and again, it's a lot of catch up. It's things like if you've used uh, carousel ads on Facebook, now LinkedIn has that. Yes. Um, if you've used video ads on Facebook, now there's a LinkedIn version. It's just incredibly expensive. Um, yes. You know, it's uh, things like that. And they rolled out a new a new ad format. So if you're on LinkedIn and you see an ad where they stuck your picture in it, that's called a dynamic ad. Um, you can like you can now run that through the self service platform. We've had access to yes. it for a while through through reps but um anyway lots of catch-up and stuff and they've rolled out three new interfaces well actually two new interfaces so there's three available out there uh so they're they're trying to move really quickly which uh is pretty exciting it's nicer uh, looking you know it's yeah. the campaign manager page is nicer looking <laughs> any any last thoughts here otherwise i want to ask you guys where can people find you until they either see you back on the show or see you at social media marketing world <laughs> I, for me, I'm just like hot on all the content marketing stuff that LinkedIn's doing right now because I'm very, very focused on on content for sales enablement. I think it's, I, I, I mean, for me, fo- you know, having shifted, um, you know, focus a little bit in my career, I'm very much sales oriented. And so LinkedIn is the perfect place to do B2B business. And it is offering all of these new platforms and features to offer the right type of content at the right time to the right people um, organically and paid. And so I'm super excited about whatever else new LinkedIn wants to bring into the mix as far as really cool um, engagement and content marketing features. Um, and you can, you can find me at vengresso.com um, or at LinkedIn expert. I think for me, LinkedIn has always been the perennial evergreen network that it doesn't matter how many like MySpaces come and go. Uh, LinkedIn has always been relevant to professionals. And so I'm interested to see LinkedIn trying to say, well, hey, we can be uh, pop culture relevant too. We'll we'll roll out stickers and emojis and and hashtags too. But uh, I think it's always going to have that core of this is where you come for business. So I'm excited to see them you know, continue to evolve. And obviously the ads platform is really important to me. Um, where you can yeah. find me, I'm Wilcox AJ on Twitter. Uh, obviously you can find me on LinkedIn um, and come see my session at social media marketing world. This will be my, my yeah. third year in a row. And I absolutely love this conference. You've, you've got to be there if you if you haven't been there before. So fun. Thank yeah. you both AJ Vivica for being here and we'll see you again soon uh, on the show and at social media marketing world in San Diego in March. Woo-hoo. Thanks for being here and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too. Yay. All right. So that closes out our second segment. Before we go, we've got about five minutes. I bet we can zip through these real quick. So I'm going to go through some some last minute kind of breaking news blurbs. So uh, this first one comes up from a Matt Navarra tweet and a few other places. But basically throughout the year, Facebook's done this annoying thing to us that are in groups or managed groups, which is suddenly switch our notifications from see all posts to highlights only. And this is frustrating. And so if you go over to our Facebook page, we've actually got a little square video there that tells you how to go in and change your Facebook groups to all posts if you want to see them, depending upon which group, because not every group you want to do that with. But there's some you definitely definitely want to do that with. So be aware if you've been seeing less people seeing your posts in your groups or you're seeing less posts from your groups, that's what's happening. So be aware. Go check it out and uh, make sure that you are getting the notifications you deserve. Next up. So Facebook has added three new camera tools to Messenger. They've got Boomerang Mode, which is looping video. It's already big on Instagram and on the main Facebook app. Selfie Mode, which is like a portrait mode in the iPhone. So it takes a picture of 
you, your face, but blurs out the background, which is really nice. And AR stickers, which are stickers that can be overlaid on any photo or video captured with your phone. It's good to see yeah. them catch up on Facebook <laughs> stories the, uh, and or uh, messenger stories the way that uh, Instagram has uh, gotten ahead in the last few months, years even. Uh, next up, Facebook has been sharing updates on Facebook Watch and what's ahead for Facebook video. That's always an interesting topic. Basically, there's, they shared their growth in viewership stats and their plan for that as well. Um, we have a link in the show notes for this episode where you can dive deeper into that. Uh, but it's basically they shared that they have 400 million people on watch monthly and that daily there's about 75 million people on average spending more than 20 minutes in watch. So uh, there's some stats for you. But if you want to dig deeper, go ahead over to the show notes for this episode. So YouTube has warned of a drop in subscriber counts. They announced that subscriber counts may experience a drop because of regular cleanup that they do and maintenance on the platform. They do this quarterly. And they're removing content and channels who are violating this community standards for things like spam, inappropriate content, blah, blah. So the sweep occurred between, well, December 14th and today. And owners of the affected channels will see a banner in their YouTube creator studio. And then I think this is the last one. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. this is something that Tyler alluded to earlier in the Instagram uh, segment that Twitter has, has started rolling out its Sparkle button, which is nothing to do with Sparkles. But basically what it is, is it is the toggle between the algorithmic timeline and the chronological timeline. Twitter back in September said they were going to be testing this. They are now rolling this out. However, they're rolling it out only on iOS right now. Android will be coming soon. And again, this basically disables the top tweets and gives you the chronological timeline back, and you can tap it over and over and switch back and forth as you want. So there you go. This is the end of today's show. This is also our last show. We will be off for the next two weeks, and then we will be back in January with a vengeance. So until then, check out the show notes for this episode. It's on socialmediaexaminer.com. That's where you can, on on every Saturday post, you'll find all the links to go deeper into everything we mentioned. Uh, Thanks to Jeff C. for handling simulcasts. Thanks to Ray Stuffy, our show producer. Thanks to Kim Reynolds for being co-host. And then you can get this show on your calendar. We've already got those set up by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Don't forget to go grab your ticket. Again, like Kim said, there is a sale ending today for Social Media Marketing World 2019. Join 7,000 other fellow marketers. You can get 17 tracks, including Facebook ads, video creation, messenger bots, live video, and more. Join us. Again, the link is smmw19.com. And with that, we will say happy holidays and see you next year. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.